What's going on, Buffalo sports fans, and welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. What a time it is to be a football fan in the city of Buffalo. Not only did the Buffalo Bills take care of business on Sunday, but the UB Bulls also took care of business. We're going to talk about both games and my thoughts and feelings on both, so stick around and let's have some fun. All right, let's jump right into things here and talk about how the Buffalo Bills torched the Seattle Seahawks 44-34. to No, the game was not as close as the score it, uh, made it look. The Buffalo Bills came into this game uh, very heavy uh, underdog, according to a lot of people, including myself. Most people did not have the Buffalo Bills winning this game, and they shock everyone again, beating the Seattle Seahawks 44 to 34 but before we go any further I want to ask the national media and the Seahawks fans a question how you doing it doesn't matter how you're doing it doesn't matter how you're doing because Buffalo Bills fans and Bills Mafia is flying high at 7-2. The first time the Bills have been 7-2 since 1993, the last Super Bowl the Buffalo Bills went to. We all know how that turned out. Hopefully this season is a little bit different than that. It is a fantastic time, as I said in the opening, to be a uh, football fan in and around the city of Buffalo to be a Bills fan or a UB fan for that matter. It is just a fantastic time. The Bills are continue to impress game after game. I know they've, they've had some tough games in there where they didn't necessarily win the way a lot of Bills fans wanted them to win, including myself. But last week, I really sat back. I decided to sit back and just enjoy the fact that the Bills are winning games. I don't care if they win by scoring 18 points. I don't care if they win by scoring 44 points. Just win the game, and they do it here again, beating Seattle again 44-34. This was the the most complete game by the Buffalo Bills all season long. They set the tone early on both sides of the ball on offense. They came right out, scored a touchdown on the opening drive. A fantastic, First off, a fantastic return by Andre Roberts. He is looking to make another Pro Bowl as a returner, and he is having a very strong season as a returner in the NFL. Also, uh, he set him up for great field position. The Bills win, I think it was three or four plays right down 29 yard touchdown to Isaiah McKenzie to open the game seven nothing Buffalo Bills come out on defense cause a or force a three and out against the number one offense in the NFL come back on the very next series score another touchdown Bills up 14 nothing early and that tone continued through the entire game the Bills offense had four 120 yards of total offense and the defense though they gave up a bunch of yards in this game 419 yards they did force timely turnovers causing four turnovers strip sacking Russell Wilson twice and picking him off twice again just a fantastic all-around game for this Buffalo Bills team the most complete game all season long I think by far I know that the team I know that the defense still gave up 34 points but that is okay they got in Russell Wilson's face all game long and it really hindered his ability to be able to make big plays downfield 
downfield. Yes, he was still able to hit some big plays downfield, but just not as often. He wasn't comfortable in the pocket, and that really disrupted Seattle's whole game. By the time he was able to start making some bigger plays downfield, the Bills were already well in control of this game. It was just a fantastic game by Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott on defense. They, Like I said, they generated just a ton of pressure. They hit Russell Wilson 16 times and sacked him five times. As I stated, they also caused two fumbles in this game. Just a fantastic game up front by the Buffalo Bills. Jerry Hughes was one of the players that I wanted to talk about. He has his third straight game with a sack. He also had a strip sack and a forced fumble. That fumble was recovered by Tredavious White. Just a fantastic play by Jerry Hughes being able to strip Russell Wilson from behind, causing a turnover and giving the Bills fantastic field position uh, in route to another score. In this game, I thought Tremaine Edmonds, uh, a topic of discussion for a lot of Buffalo Bills fans and media, talking about how a lot of fans, anyway, on Twitter and whatnot, have st- you know stated that they wanted Tremaine Edmonds to be an outside linebacker, but I, I you know, he's been playing injured all season long. He has shown us the how good he is potentially at being the middle linebacker and being the you know captain of that defense, the anchor of that defense. I, I was not ready to give up on him. I was not ready to pull the plug on him. He has tremendous physical traits. You're talking about a guy who is six foot five, two hundred and thirty, two hundred and forty pounds, can run a four five forty, just a freak of an athlete, and he is your middle linebacker. That is ridiculous. He looked very, very solid in this game. I wrote in my notes he was playing very fast, he was playing very physical, and he he looked more decisive. He didn't look so lost uh, in this scheme that the Bills had this week. He had 11 tackles, one sack, and one pass defended. I thought he played a tremendous game. He led the Buffalo Bills in tackles. He, uh, Like I said, he was all over the place. Just a tremendous game from Tremaine Admins. Hopefully that can alleviate some of the pressure that maybe he was feeling, that maybe some of the Buffalo Bills fans were trying to put on him. Just a fantastic game by Tremaine Admins. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of uh, the notable big plays by the defense. And one of the big, uh, some of the big plays by the defense was Tredavious White was able to fall on the ball and get the fumble recovery on the Jerry Hughes. Uh, forced fumble. Tredavious White was also uh, fantastic play recognition. It comes off of his man. It was, it was on the right side of the field, recognizes the play. It was a third and long that it was going to go to DK Metcalf on a long out route or a corner route. And he comes off of his guy short, falls back in the passing lane and makes a fantastic interception. Unfortunately, he was unable to take it all the way for the pick six. The Bills do subsequently score on offense with a Zach Moss touchdown, but uh, Tredavious White, just a fantastic play. He looked really solid in this game going up against just another freak of an athlete in DK Metcalf. My goodness, I thought the Bills' defense as a whole was just tremendous all the way around. Speaking of cornerbacks, I thought Levi Wallace 
was very, very good. He saved a potential touchdown. Um, just a fantastic recovery, again, on the right sideline in this game. Uh, he was beat. That was a blown coverage. Russell Wilson escapes pressure, puts it up. He has a man open in the end zone, but Levi Wallace was able to recover enough and get uh, enough uh, effect to play enough and able to bat the ball down without getting a pass interference in the end zone which in today's NFL is very, very easy to get. He did a tremendous job knocking the ball down. It was just a very, very solid game all the way around for the Buffalo Bills. The big story in this game, and I wrote notes on this earlier in the game. I wanted, you know, I I was watching A.J. Klein in this game quite a bit because obviously he was playing for the injured Matt Milano. It didn't start that great for him, but as the game progressed, I thought Klein was doing a very solid job, but I could have never imagined that he would have the stat line that he had in this game. I thought he played just absolutely tremendous football in this game. He had a big play early in this game where it was a third and one. Seattle was driving. I believe it was uh, 14 nothing at this point. Seattle was driving, coming down the field. They're at the five-yard line, or, or they're inside the 10. It's third and one. He uh, The Seattle runs the ball. Klein makes a big stop on third and one. Seattle goes for it on fourth and one. The Bills play it beautifully, and it was an interception by Jordan Poyer. If... A.J. Klein doesn't make that play. Seattle most likely scores a touchdown, and it is a completely different ball game. Just a fantastic play, able to stop the running back for less than one yard and forcing Seattle into a fourth and go or fourth and one situation from roughly the five yard line or so. And like I said, it that really could have completely changed the momentum or the the outcome of the whole game. Just a fantastic play by A.J. Klein. He was all over the place in this game. His stat line at the end of this game was uh, five tackles, one tackle for loss, two sacks, four QB hurries, one forced fumble, which he recovered, and a pass breakup. He had that strip sack where he just buried Russell Wilson, didn't feel him coming off the edge. Again, A.J. Klein was everywhere. Everyone was very worried when Matt Milano went down, and how couldn't you be? A.J. Klein looked very slow, and, uh, you know, he was constantly missing tackles. He would It would look like he would make the right reads on a lot of these. It happened early in the game where he just, you know, completely beats his block, but is just not fast enough to, to get to the, run, the running back in the backfield. Um, but after that, he was just fantastic, had a great, great game. And if he can play to this level, the Buffalo Bills defense is going to be in good hands until Milano is able to come back and assume his position uh, as the starter over A.J. Klein. But again, if Klein can play like this, this is the reason why we brought somebody like that in so that if we have some injuries, we have depth at that position. Klein has to play, maybe not to quite to that level all the time, but he has to have that same sort of intensity uh, for the Buffalo Bills to be successful on defense in uh, uh, for the rest of the year. We're going to jump on and talk about the offense in this game. Oh my goodness, it was just fantastic offense all game long in this game. 
they were cooking early and they stayed on fire for the entire game. They never took their foot off the gas. Again, I said about five times already, they dropped 44 points on the Seattle defense. Yes, I know that they, you know, that the Seattle's defense is not that good, but I want to talk about Josh Allen's game in this one. Uh, you know, everyone's going to say that, you know, I know he went up against a bad defense and, and this and that. We're going to talk uh, courtesy. These stats are courtesy of my buddy Mark, who wanted me to do a quick little comparison uh, as far as the other players that played against this, this Seattle defense. Uh, Matt Ryan in week one was 34 of 54, 450, uh, 450 yards, two TDs and an INT. Cam Newton was... Uh, threw for 397 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Dak Prescott threw for 472, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Fitzpatrick threw for 315 and two picks. Kirk Cousins threw for 249, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, who ended up beating the Seattle team, threw for 360, three touchdowns and a pick. Garoppolo threw for 84 and a pick. That's disgusting. Um... Nick Mullins with same in week eight threw for two thirty eight and two touchdowns, and uh, Josh Allen in week nine threw for four hundred and fifteen yards and four total touchdowns, three passing, one on the ground. Just a fantastic game by this Buffalo Bills uh, offense, uh, especially Josh Allen. His nobody knew this going into the game; it was not being reported. His grandmother had passed away, so. Uh, you know, thoughts out to his family and hope everyone's doing well, uh, you know, with that. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Grandma Allen over there. Josh Allen, fantastic way to come out and uh, pay tribute to his late grandmother. 38 or 31 of 38, 81% completion percentage, 415, three touchdowns and a rushing touchdown to kind of cap the game off for the Buffalo Bills. He was lights out. He was calm, cool, collected, and locked in all game long. He was simply unbelievable. Diggs had a fantastic game in this one, yet another 100-yard game for Stephon Diggs. He had 12 targets, 9 receptions for 118 yards. John Brown, back and healthy, played a very strong game in this one. Had 11 targets, 8 receptions for 99 yards. And another solid game by rookie Gabriel Davis, who almost had two touchdowns. He had four receptions, 70 yards receiving, and one touchdown. And in what looked like a second touchdown on a long passing play, but they called him out. Uh, and it looked like he was actually in, but the Bills don't challenge. They score a touchdown on the drive anyway. But, uh, you know, just another fantastic game by Gabriel Davis. The Bills look like they had a, an absolute steal in the, I think it was the fourth round of this past draft. The other two touchdown passes went to Isaiah McKenzie and Tyler Croft for the Buffalo Bills. And I just wanted to say, my goodness, Brian Dable fantastic game. He was on absolute fire. I said it earlier. Real quick. What Brian Dable is cooking, he was simply lights out with play calling, making adjustments on the fly, uh, 
Just a fantastic game overall, calling the game for the Buffalo Bills. I thought that after last week's game, you know, the run game was doing very well, but he noticed that the Seattle defense was very susceptible against the pass and altered his game plan. The Bills did not rush more than 20 times in this game, threw it for 38 times. He came up with great play call after great play call. Two examples of this play calling. One was the fake run, uh, fake QB sneak down by the goal line. Teams are keyed in on that. They keyed in on Josh Allen. He fakes the run, pulls it out, throws uh, a quick little dump off pass over the middle to Gabriel Davis for the third touchdown of the game. Fantastic play call there. They come out in the second half and Seattle is really breathing down Josh Allen's neck. So in order to kind of slow down that pass rush, he calls a screenplay at the absolute perfect time. And that goes for a big gain down the left sideline to Zach Moss. Just a fantastic play called game by Brian Dable. He was the one question mark that I had going into the season. I thought that maybe he was going to hold Josh Allen back as he hadn't really had any really solid offenses uh, coming into the season. But I got to tell you, it's almost like a match made in having Brian Dable and Josh Allen three years together. They know what each other is capable of. They know the play calls for each other. They know uh, how to put each other in you know, a good position to win. My goodness, fantastic game by the coaching staff. The players executed uh, executed it very, very well. And the Buffalo Bills shock everybody and come out with a 44-34 win and move to 7-2. and My goodness, it is a fantastic time to be a Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, again, it's 7-2. and If you have any problems with this game... I got. I, I'm just going to tell you, shut up. <laughs> just shut up and enjoy it. We have waited so very long for the Buffalo Bills to be this good, and it's time to just sit back, kick your feet up, and enjoy the Bills being this good uh, for the first time in many of our lifetimes. You know, I'm only in my early 30s, so the Bills have been dog shit, essentially, for a majority of my life, so... I just want to sit back and enjoy it. I had a lot of criticisms early on on this podcast this season, but I got to tell you, I'm done with all that. If the Bills win, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to say some negative things here and there, of course, because I'm not a fuck. You know, I don't. I try not my. I try my best not to be a complete fucking homer for the Buffalo Bills, but I am a fan. And I just need to sit back and enjoy it. It was a fantastic game by the Buffalo Bills. It was fun. It was exciting. And the only thing that was missing was, uh, you know, the Bills stadium rocking and rolling. That was the only thing that would have complete, completed this Sunday victory over the Seattle Seahawks. That's going to do it for this segment. Stick around for the next segment as we're going to talk about the UB Bulls opening game of the season where they go ahead and slap the uh, NIU uh, and they end up winning 49-30. to 30. Stick around for that one coming up in the next segment.
What a fantastic way to start the season for the UB Bulls football team with a dominating win over Northern Illinois University, 49-30. to And again, as I stated in the first segment, this game was not as close, at least in the second half, as the score would suggest. A fantastic way to start the season with a dominating win again. UB's defense scored three touchdowns in the second half. My goodness, what a performance they put on. Two fumbles for TDs and a pick six. The defense was dominating in the second half. Just absolutely opportunistic. They did a fantastic job in this game. Uh, Jer- or James Patterson was just uh, was just absolutely spectacular. Honestly, he was a, a very solid contributor in this game. He forced a fumble. He is really starting to blossom into a very very good middle linebacker for the University at Buffalo. Now I know he doesn't get as much praise as his uh, twin brother, Jarrett, who is uh, on a lot of NFL teams' draft radars. Of course, hopefully uh, uh, Jarrett will actually start to get uh, quite a bit more um, attention as the season goes on. Uh, Takeaway from watching the UB defense against NIU is that they are very, very stout against the run. They allowed just 3.25 yards per carry and forced multiple fumbles, as I stated earlier, and also had a pick six. They had, uh, according to the stats that I seen, they had five total turnovers in this game. Just an absolutely spectacular game. UB's star players looked the part. As I stated earlier, uh, linebacker James Patterson had eight tackles and a forced fumble. He was a very, very solid all game long. And of course, the one that they're talking about being another potential draft pick for the University at Buffalo is Malcolm Kuntz. He had a fantastic game. He was all over the place, uh, getting after the quarterback and also uh, being very solid in the run game. He had eight tackles, two tackles for loss, and one sack in this game. Again, Malcolm Kuntz showing the National Scouts. He was not a one-hit wonder. He is a very, very good D-end and could potentially be a third or maybe even a second-day selection for the NFL draft uh, uh, coming up in this next season. On the offensive side of the ball, in terms of star power, you have Jarrett Patterson, who once again was absolutely stellar, ripping off big run after big run. The very first play of the game, he bounces it out to his left side. Uh, it looks like they NIU has it contained pretty well. A nice little wiggle from Jarrett Patterson and a, a quick cut, and he gain, it goes from maybe a one or two yard gain, or maybe even a loss, to about a 15 to 20 yard gain. Jared Patterson does that time and time again. And after a long offseason, he did not look too much affected by it. He had 20 carries for 137 yards and two touchdowns, including 
a 56-yard touchdown, which broke the school record for touchdowns in a career. He broke uh, James Stark's record of 34 touchdowns, I believe, for a career. And the one just behind James Starks was Bo Oliver. Both of those guys, as you all probably know if you watch UB football at all, had fairly decent careers in the NFL. James Starks, of course, actually winning a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers and was an instrumental part in their run game uh, leading up to getting to that Super Bowl and winning uh, and effectively winning that Super Bowl. Um, Bo Oliver was in the NFL for a very long time, played for the Chargers, had a had also had a very solid career. Jared Patterson just blew them both out of the water as far as touchdowns goes. And he did it in a far shorter amount of time. He is an absolute stud for UB, and I know that he will be drafted into the NFL if he decides to come out this year. Uh, He does have another year of eligibility. I don't know with all the rules with COVID now if he gets even another year beyond next year. He is only a junior, but I know that they were giving uh, players an extra year of eligibility because of the whole pandemic that was going on. A lot of seasons were canceled. A lot of games were canceled and things like that. So the NCAA did the right thing and gave uh, players an extra year of eligibility. Um, So if he does come out, though, I do believe he will be a day two pick. If he is a day three pick, I will be surprised, but I know he will be selected in the NFL. NFL draft that is for sure he averaged 6.8 yards per carry the other running back who also had a thousand yard season I think he will absolutely have to be here for the UB Bulls even if Jarrett Patterson decides that he wants to enter the NFL draft we still have somebody like Kevin Marks he did carry the ball six times for 32 yards he averaged 5.3 yards per carry is he as dynamic as Jarrett Patterson no he's not but he is still a very 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 good running back as I stated last year he also broke a thousand yards the UB Bulls were one of just two teams with two 1,000 yard rushers in their backfield um, not quite I, I don't remember who the other team was uh, at the moment but Nevertheless, UB, solid, solid run team, and they know who they are, and they do it well. Also, a big name in this game, somebody to look out for if you are new to UB football, is Antonio Nunn. He is the UB number one wide receiver. He reminds me a lot of K.J. Osborne in terms of size and speed, but he is a lot better at contested catches than K.J. Osborne is, in my opinion. He is also capable of being a number one wide receiver when uh, Anthony Johnson was out and we had K.J. Osborne here. He did seem to struggle a little bit against the, you know, the, 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 coverages that the other teams were putting against him he's he didn't strike me as a number one in college he was more of a slot guy number two guy for the UB Bulls but Antonio Nunn is a legitimate number one uh, wide receiver for UB he had six catches for 102 yards two big plays in the first half his first big play was uh, an 18-yard touchdown catch, a contested catch in the right side of the end zone. If you seen, if you didn't see the game and you seen the UB Bulls bowl game against, um, my goodness, I'm drawing a blank now, Charlotte. If you seen that game, it was almost identical to that play. 
contested catch, back corner of the end zone, just a fantastic, he's just unbelievable with contested catches. And the second big play in the first half is the Bill or the, the Bills, the Bulls were backed up. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was a, uh, I believe it was a second and long or third and long. And he ends up making a very big play on just like a, maybe an eight or nine yard curl route. He ends up throwing his defender off of him. Just a fantastic job by him. He ends up turning it into a big play. And on that very same drive, Jared Patterson ends up getting the very long touchdown run. Just a fantastic, fantastic game on offense for the UB Bulls football team. There was a quarterback battle in camp again for the second straight year. Kyle Van Trees and Matt Myers both battled for the UB Bulls starting job. I said in this uh, going into the season, I think Van Trees just based off of what he was able to do last year, he solidified himself as the starter for the Bulls at least as long as they have the run game that they do here in Buffalo. But they did have a QB battle. Uh, I said this uh, on Twitter. I, I'm sure, I don't know if I said this on a podcast, but Van Trees to me, has a lower ceiling, but a higher floor. Matt Myers is got a much higher ceiling, but his floor is quite a bit lower than is uh, Kyle Van Trees. He, uh, Matt Myers has got a stronger arm. He's a better scrambler. He's more athletic. He's way more potential, but I think that he needs a little bit more time. I think he needs another year to mature, and I think that Kyle Van Trees is exactly what the UB football team needs at the moment to win games. He was 6-2 and as a starter last year to end the season. He is 1-0 and to uh, start the season this year. He played a solid game. He is a, a game manager uh, as much as you would expect. With the run game that the Bulls have, he is essentially a game manager. He was 11 of 17 with 175 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. It could have been a lot more, but uh, or could have it could have been more a lot more yardage, uh, but uh, a, a crucial drop by their tight end. Uh, just not a very good. I, I just don't. Uh, I don't understand how he drops so many passes. He's just wildly inconsistent, and I just it. It makes me, it's so frustrating because he could be such a good tight end and he just, he drops the easy ones and he comes up with ridiculous catches. It, it's it's absolutely infuriating. He reminds me of Dawson Knox and if you watch the Bills at all, that to me, it, it's just not, I'm just not, a, I'm done with him. I'm not a fan of him any longer. I hope he does well. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he's just absolutely dynamite. But that's my takeaway from this game. Uh, Some more takeaways I had from this game is UB has a seemingly very good defense. Even without Taylor Riggins and both of their starting cornerbacks, the Bills still dominated this game essentially from start to finish. There was no real threat of NIU beating UB in this game. I know it was close going into halftime, but after halftime, the Bulls just took over and just completely crapped uh, all over NIU. They just uh, shit right down their throat uh, and stepped right on their necks. It was just a fantastic performance by UB and Lance Leipold calling this game. Uh, again, just a, just a great job. UB knows UB knows what it does best, and they and they don't shy away from it. They embrace it and they go after it. They know they are a run-first team. They 
uh, know they have to hammer the rock, and they do it well. And they use a lot of little bit of motion, and it's a lot of read, uh, like read, I don't want to say read option run. It's a lot of like read option runs, essentially, or zone runs is what I'm trying to say. A lot of zone runs. Uh, Patterson can, Patterson marks can kind of pick which way they want to cut. And it, it sets the running backs up for a very, very good game that they can use their talents to run the ball effectively. The next game is going to be a very big game for UB. It is against the MAC preseason favorite to win the whole thing, Miami of Ohio, who is coming off of a 38-31 win over Ball State. If you have not uh, seen yet, you can go to the transit drive-in and watch this game on the big screens. They did it last week. Unfortunately, I was working. They're doing it this week. Unfortunately, I'm working again, and it really sucks because I would love to go out there and watch them play. Uh, just a fantastic time. It seems like just a fantastic time. Uh, UB is very, very fun to watch. They have several guys that are going to probably go to the NFL again this year. Lance Leipold, again, doing a fantastic job with developing talent at UB and really putting UB football on the map as far as being able to put big names out there. And that should help with recruiting as time goes on. Again, just a fantastic job by the UB Bulls. Uh, Great, great win after such a long layoff over uh, NIU. That's going to do it for this episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, go on the listening platform of your choice and leave me a five-star rating. Also, tell your friends and tell your family they can hear me on any of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, you can go right to my anchor page. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Buff One. That's Sports Talk B U F F One. On Twitter, you can also email me, sportstalkbuffalo at yahoo.com or sportstalkbuffalo at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as I check my emails. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and have a fantastic week.